Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Vice Gaming Podcast, episode four which is an anniversary-orientated horror special because it's 20 years of Resident Evil. So let's talk about jump scares and stuff that gives you the willies. Uh, I'm Mike Diver, Vice Gaming Editor, and I'm joined on this fantastic day for talking about all things dark and monstrous and terrifying by Jonathan Beach, Vice Gaming Contributor, and Ian Dransfield, also a Vice Gaming Contributor. Gentlemen, if you'd be so kind as to say hello, so I'm not talking to myself. Hi, Mike. Hello. I thought it'd just be spookier if it was quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're not, not going to be... You, um, voice. you can do it in a spooky voice if you want. But yes, it's um, 20 years since the release of the original Resident Evil, so I wanted to focus this particular podcast on horror gaming. So I want to ask you two gentlemen, because I know that um, you, particularly Jonathan Beach, are a fan of things that are scary. You've written about your... Uh, for Vice, indeed, about your... Um, dismay at the lack of Silent Hills and how PT was removed from the PlayStation Store and, and the possibilities that could have been for that. So uh, maybe you can start by telling me like your Resident Evil first interactions with and then maybe a little bit about uh, horror games today with PT in that. Resident Evil is a weird one. Because um, I haven't actually played the remake yet, but I started having a go on it last night, the HD one on the PS4. And um, I picked Chris Redfield, who I hate, Mercilessly. He's a prick. He's a fucking prick. He punches boulders. That's what he's right. right. Yeah. Right. So we're going to be talking about Chris Redfield. Don't we'll worry. If you're subscribing to us on iTunes, you would have seen <coughs> the explicit sign. But yeah, I played, played yeah, the HD version last night. And I, I've got to say, the problems are still there. But I think I, I mean, back in the day when Resident Evil first came out, obviously, you know, massively influential. I think it was like the first horror game I ever really remember hearing about was the original Alone in the Dark. Mm. Kids in the yeah, program were talking about ninety-two, ninety-three preceded it, didn't it? Yeah. Really old, janky sort of. I mean, it hasn't aged very well at all. No, and I think it's probably the same case with the original Resident Evil. I've never really been a massive fan of the first one. If you watch the difference between the HD one now, where like scenes like you know the Jill sandwich scene, right? Mm. Everyone knows the Jill sandwich scene. Jill Valentine, the one who isn't Chris Redfield, and the one I'm currently playing as on the HD uh, remaster. She gets trapped in a room. And Barry Burton shoots the lock off and saves her. And in the original game, it's fantastic because he has this horrible, like, you were nearly a Jill sandwich line. But to, when you talk about things being janky and stuff, like, if you watch that compared to the HD one, just the the way they kind of frame it and the act, the voice acting in the original Resident Evil is appalling. It's like, quite how horrendous. anyone could have ever have been scared by it. 
Um, it's How beyond they signed me. off. How would you get signed off? Because it was the nineties. People were crazy in the nineties. They were they're riding the wave of new labor. Well, they the weren't. Voice in Japan. acting was probably very cheap. The voice acting was incredibly cheap. But Ian Dransfield, you um, are by your own admission a massive wuss when it comes to horror. I said games. coward. A coward. Wuss. I resent being Wim. called a wuss. I'm not really sure. I'm, let's let's not fall out over <laughs> basically you're afraid of horror video games yes is that true yes i preempted the question what? yes <laughs> why what what experience in the past has made you not want to touch things like for instance we mentioned it there pt but we'll get on to pt but like you know that's a terrifying thing i think when i was younger i was more daring in my choices if you can be daring with video games and um i did play a lot of horror i played a lot of resident evil i played um uh, a lot of other things that I've forgotten. Silent Hill Silent series, Hill Dead Space game, games, yeah. things like that. Um, and as I got older, I just got, for some reason, got more terrified of things because my brain started playing more tricks on me and the games got more complex with things like psychological elements. The forgotten Silent Hill, Silent Hill 4, is the one that actually stopped me big time which, from playing I don't games. even know which the one room. that is. That's actually my favourite Silent Hill game. It's Silent a great Hill game. It's fantastic, it, it's isn't it? It's so overlooked. It's pretty rare to hear people talk about Silent Hill 4 um, with such uh, great praise, but it is, it's my personal favourite of the whole series. The um, the core concept of it is you're locked in your room by mystical forces, however yeah. that might be. Obviously, there's deeper psychological things around that and so on, but your room is like a hub that you go back to, and it's like your safe space where you can save your game and your health recharges, all this kind of stuff. And uh, you go through a hole in your bathroom into Silent Hill where everything's horrible and killing you and stuff. But as the game progresses, it starts encroaching on your apartment. You start seeing things out of the corner of your eye. Not the game bringing your attention to them. You just start seeing them like, what the fuck was that? What's going on? You see this um, through a crack in the wall into your neighbor's apartment. She's got uh, the big pink bunny, which is a bit of a motif. Right, yeah, I've seen the bunny. She's sat there and then in one scene it sat there pointing at you. That scared the shit out of me. I don't. I, I just, I was like, no. Soft toys, possessed soft toys. So the whole Five Nights at Freddy thing basically goes back to Silent Hill 4 is what you're saying. In a way, in a way, it's, it's, I suppose it is something that feels so safe and it's, you have it there as childhood, it's a comforting thing and for that to be yeah. evil. But yeah, there, there were lots of um, little things that just kind of encroach into it and it, it made me stop of, playing it. I just gave up. There's a wall of like screaming children on the, that the wall sort of morphs and becomes all these sort of scream like kids like trying to get out and then there's one horrific moment when you're looking through your what those little things called the spy hole the spy hole in the door and there's this creature like standing at the door it's actually making me freak out (laughs) (laughs) Um, well that's interesting again about it so soon on Silent Hill because like it kind of feels to me then that even though I sort of thought horror because the Resi anniversary you two are like maybe more Silent Hill than Resi in well, terms of like what's... Resi, to me, The is, more consistent series, maybe. They're both horror games, of course, but Resi is more down the action vein kind mm-hmm. of thing and a lot of reliance on jump scares. And I think the Silent Hill series sticks with me at least more because it does go a little bit deeper. And I mean, I'm not saying it's the deepest of the deep and the most intelligent of all, but you can pick away at the surface a bit and find something under there and it continues to freak you out. I mean, the whole backstory between Silent Hill 2 still... Great story. Mm. Well, this is this is James Sutherland, right? Sunderland, Sunderland, Sutherland. I can never remember. And something to do with his wife, or it's not his wife. Yeah, his his wife wife has passed away, and he receives a letter from her, even though she's dead, saying, "I'm in Silent Hill." So he gets to find her, and um, 
I mean, can you do spoilers for a game that's? I think we're allowed. Years old? To, but it's older than that, isn't it? Silent Hill uh, Two, it's, probably. It's all related to his um, psychological hang-ups because I believe he murdered her or yeah. killed her in some way, which is a recurring motif in in games uh, of the horror uh, persuasion. We will land now just quickly on on PT, the cancelled, aborted playable teaser that was the lead into Silent Hills because that's um, as, well. You called Lisa the possessive, the horrible spirit that pursues you in that game one of uh, video gaming's biggest dickheads yeah. uh, Jonathan Beach in a recent Vice article but she is she is a total dickhead she's a massive she? dickhead but she was she was murdered by the well, well, well we assume the protagonist of, of Silent Hill of, of PT sorry I should say yeah. yeah I mean it seems that way who who knows like, what they would have done mm. to go on to like develop that story a little bit more and make no mistake PT is the pinnacle of video gaming horror in my opinion See, that's, that's bold. Bold praise for a game which is basically an L-shaped corridor with some jump scares. Exactly. The, the moment when you go through that corridor for the first time and you open that door and it's the same corridor, is it's just the, it's just the absolute... Because Kojima has such a fantastic understanding. This is a good the, Hideo Kojima, obviously, who made it. Yeah, yeah, of the ways in which players kind of interact with worlds and kind of like subverting their expectations when you open that door it's the same corridor you just i'll never forget that moment it's such a simple concept mm. done so well and like pt was my favorite game of that year even though it wasn't the game it's still like one of my defining video game experiences it's just utterly terrifying and i think the main reason is i mean like there's one jump scare in it and she kind of well, you're grabbed, yeah. And you get grabbed, and then apparently she pisses on you if you want to like, go down. <laughs> is that what that noise is? Strange game, <laughs> game facts conspiracies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there is a, yeah, I can, I can understand what you might think that. It's so surreal and so hellish and so feverish. I mean, you can't even, it's impossible to, I mean, there's been a lot of copycats like Alison Road mm. and um, Layers of Fear yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. Nothing has the same feel because Kojima and Del Toro both, I think, the reason why that game is so effective, you know, it's not just shadows and corridors. It is all that stuff. It's all the normal sort of typical creepy gaming stuff. Mm. But there's all the surreal shit going on as well. Refrigerators hanging from ceilings. Swedish people talking out the radio. Just Swedish Bloody people in Swedes. general. A guy, a guy who's sort of, in the, the guy in the radio sort of appearing to just be this sort of, by this sort of person on the outside who's like relaying this information about the case mm-hmm. and then suddenly turns against you and sort of he's telling you to look behind you and don't look behind you all these you know the strange repetition of the numbers it's just so like feverish by the time you're walking through that corridor and all the eyeballs mm-hmm. in the, in the like, rolling over each other it felt like being you know when you're like ill and you're like thrashing around in bed yeah. with, with, with flu it just felt like that yeah yeah, I you, you just want it, want it to end. I, I turned it back on again the other night. Uh, my wife next to me and I did give her the control pad and it was really mean to me because I was like, it was when you start in the little concrete room, obviously, mm. and it's like, gone off you go, off you try. And she threw the control pad as soon as Lisa got it. was like landed in my lap. She was like, why didn't you tell me <laughs> that this was going to happen? I'm like, well, I don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's not up to me. But, but, I mean, but the interesting to me about PC is like, because I mean, it's, it's now kind of gaming it's already consigned to gaming history. Like you're saying, it's like the best horror experience you'll have on a, on a modern game system or any, any kind of game system ever. And you can't get it now, right? Unless you already had it. Because Konami were like, nah, see ya, take it off the... Or you want to pay a fortune for one that hasn't, that's got it already. Right, for a console that's got it. Yeah, is that a thing? 
Mm-hmm. I've still got it on my There you go. <laughs> Someone can make a, make a pretty penny. That's um, something I've never played. You, just never deleted. you downloaded it but never played it. Yet. I downloaded it when it came out because yeah, I've, I've, I've still got the history of having interest in these games, mm. even if I do bottle it before I load them up. Did you play PT? I did not. <laughs> but you're going to go away now and, and, and still not play still it because of John's description. Yeah, um, hellish, feverish nightmare of repetition and... Mm. Meta gaming reference, not which, references, but uh, which which Resident Evil certainly wasn't. I mean, no. really, to, to, to rewind again, but like, I mean, you're playing the HD one, I'm playing the HD one right now. I've done the it, HD. You've done the HD one. It's 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 a puzzle game, isn't it? Dressed up as it's, a yeah, scary. It's, it's a fairground haunted yeah. house exactly. with a uh, really silly puzzles that make no sense at all. Yeah, with any logic applied to them, they make no sense. Well, but it does. No <laughs> it has Barry Burton in it, and he's the greatest character of all time. I yeah, and that's not even an opinion. It's just, just a fact. He's the best. Barry Burton, large ginger beard, burgundy gilet, gigantic hand cannon, makes it out of there as well. Which is which is he can die. It, can he? I'm not sure if they have the. I'm sure. I'm guessing they still have the uh, multiple endings in HD, but in the original, he could die. Could he really? Because I know there's that Richard chap, isn't there? There's a Richard in in Resident Evil who you can meet and either save. He's, he's the guy who's been bitten by the snake. Oh, I never saved him. Ever. No, I haven't. I don't think you can save him. Oh, I, I thought you could. It doesn't matter. I'm getting <laughs> off track. What I want to speak to you about, though, is, is how Resident Evil changed from that kind of massively influential game that did it. You know, it, it took its cues from other things, like people talk about Sweet Home and what it was doing, mm-hmm. riffing on that old NES game, sort of top-down horror <clears> game <throat> that, you know, wasn't that scary because it was on the NES. But, you know, what, what it did afterwards, like, because you had, uh, obviously, Resident Evil 2, which was more in the police station and stuff, and then 3 with Nemesis pursuing you, and then... Four, which people generally hold up as the best Resi game, but it's not really, not really a, a Resi game. It's not horror, is it? Yeah, it, I think it, it reinvented the Resi... I mean, obviously reinvented the Resi games, but it kind of reset them, restarted them. It's a path that's not really been able to keep up any momentum on, but mm. Resi 4 was scary in a totally different way. I mean, the first game had a really thick atmosphere. It was really... Um, you know, it's just on you all the time. Yeah, but it's the, the doors. Word, but the doors. It's the doors, doors the doors and the controls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, technical hitches actually made it scarier than it should have been, kind of like the fog in the original Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, Resi 2 was more, lots more zombies, lots of shooting and stuff. Resi 3, the nemesis, like you say, being constantly pursued. Whether you were or not, I don't really know, but back in the day, I felt like I was being constantly yeah. pursued. You have to be constantly Oh, if you waited around, it would come. But yeah, the fourth one made it into just the, the panic that you feel that first village you go to with the um, not quite zombies in it mm. when they when they're made aware of your presence and they come for you and you realize oh they're putting ladders up against the windows oh yes. what's, what's that revving noise oh it's a guy with a chainsaw and a bag because you're used to these zombies that yeah. just exactly. it, it totally totally went against what came before and it just that surprise it was just overwhelming relentless Overwhelmingly, you were being hunted by something real for the first time, by something calculating that could like gather and work out stuff, as opposed to like just shuffling zombies in a house. Now all of a sudden, you had enemies that could, you know, that were staring you in the eye, revving up chainsaws, using ladders to scale you if you were trying to hide upstairs. I mean, that that village scene again is like totally iconic. I mean, that was just the first time you heard that, and that that moment when you hear that chainsaw revving up. 
And then <laughs> he inevitably gets you the first time because he's he's a tougher enemy and you don't know what's yeah. coming. And the scene where he gets you, I mean, it's different. They have a few different scenes, but whatever happens when he gets you, it lets you know you've yeah. you've got got Liam S. Kennedy is you get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> divided, I suppose. Um, he doesn't come through very well. But but did Resi Four set an unwelcome precedent in a way for for Resi then? Because you kind of suggested as much then. But you know, Resi Five was all shooty bangs, and Resi Six was all shooty bangs. And of course, they've got the spin offs like Raccoon City. We don't even need to go there. But now they've got Umbrella Corps, which is another shooty bang and it's like what are you doing guys i mean do, do we want to see the return to what resi one was with the like you say the atmosphere and the, you know there's no reason why capcom couldn't do that is it i think probably the closest you're going to get to it might be something like pt mm. not a direct comparison but if you're going for the atmospheric thing you have to rein it all back in so it is a much smaller more contained experience and what they've been doing with the resis is making them bigger and more action-packed yeah. and spending tens of millions of dollars on them. And yeah. It's just, it's got away from what actually works. It's interesting to see the games develop over the years. I mean, if you take, I mean, even the difference between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 1, you know, Resident Evil 2, like, started fucking with you a little bit more. You had, like, the liquors calling down the windows mm, and they had a little bit more of an understanding as to, like, you know, not breaking the fourth wall, but the player noticing things that maybe the characters haven't. And the nemesis in Resident Evil 3 being hunted by something indestructible. Resi 4, you know, completely changing the franchise and going on to become probably one of the best games of all time. And then since then, it just seems to have been sort of stagnating. They keep sort of trying to... I mean, Resident Evil 4 has been re-released how many times? 20 times? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, times. I mean, you I can pretty much... another remake coming out. Well, they, they're remaking the two, the aren't they? Definitely. It's two no, was no, until four. Two was six, is, six is coming first, and then they're doing five, and then they're doing, and then they're doing six. Is not a bad game. I it like just it, that was a throw enough shit situation. <laughs> that was right. So you don't want this. You don't want this. You don't want this. We'll just do everything. We'll just do it all. Yeah, and the um, the Leon bit in Resi Six, I, I thought was, was quite good. Is that was, was definitely Ada the best Wong's in that as well? Yeah, she pops up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, we'll talk about some some kind of intro. I want to get onto like recently. We mentioned Layers of Fear there, and I've been playing that as well. And the interesting thing for me with that game is it kind of combines the PT style with the doors from Resi because everything's behind doors. <laughs> you never know what's in the next room, and we might talk about that a bit later. But I, I wondered if there was any other big horror series. You mentioned Silent Hill or anything else that really dug, dug its claws into you. Ian, you played Dead Space, you said, yeah. like, like, which I think is that first Dead Space game. All right, it's. Aliens meets Resident Evil, really, but it's great. But isn't it, it works. They absolutely yeah. nailed it. They they wore their um, influences on their sleeve. I think the first two games, again, quite different approaches to the horror. The third game, not really a horror game. That was the shooty. The, everyone just, hated yeah. it because it had microtransactions, which are really uncommon in games now. Yeah, um, it wasn't just the micro microtransactions that made that game so horrendous. That game is just absolutely horrific on every single. Level. Is it? Is I mean, it as bad as like what? Um, Raco- Operation Raccoon City is there to. I keep on laughing every to, time you mention it. I know. <laughs> we cannot forget it. Um, it's not as bad as that is to like the best resis, though, is it? I think like, it's a like, solid six mm, on ten. Yeah, it's <laughs> a solid world. It's got no. Simon Templeman in it. It's going to be a six on ten at least. Right. It's full of unbearably cheap enemy yeah. bombardment sections that mm. are just impossible to go Whereas through. Whereas the first Dead Space was all about creeping around in case you. Well, it's all scripted, of course, but in case, you know, in your head, like, in case you disturbed something, right? Well, the first one was, yeah, the first one was very claustrophobic and slow, 
And um, as they went along, they gradually sped up your character right. because people probably complained in the first one about you being so so. But that, again, again, like the original Resident Evil, mm-hmm. it helped it, the way you controlled it and the way the place was. And yeah, it was just this general unease at everything. And it's one of the few games that got the whole body horror thing nicely done mm. in it. Because I, seeing like the, and the use of lighting and stuff was incredible. Seeing like the silhouette of a, a, one of the, Necromorphs, Necromorphs in the distance, and just being like, "What the flaming heck yeah. is that?" Um, so, really, if any game would benefit from, let's have that in lovely HD for the PS4 and Xbox One. The original Dead Space is a good shout. Original, I'd, I'd say the second as well. It's more of an action game, goes more towards the action thing, and it does make the lead character talk, which is horrible. But it's a great game. But both first two are both great games, I think. Mm. The sound design in the Dead Space oh, yeah. is just absolutely phenomenal. The groaning of the Ishimura. Like if you play that game on headphones, it's just such an incredible experience. What they did with the sound design alone. And the other thing I really loved about the Dead Space games was they really nailed resource management in terms of making mm. a game tense. It's a different kind of horror. It's like panic around every corner because... They just really nailed, like, just giving you just enough ammo, mm. just enough to get you. Well, again, that was a bit like the original Resi, wasn't it? You weren't ever burdened with bullets, really. No, it's just like survival horror, isn't it? It's yeah. the whole thing of, like, the evil within a little bit later on did that as well yeah. to a certain extent, but nothing, not as good as, as how Dead Space did it. You constantly feel stripped bare, constantly feel underprepared, especially in Dead Space 2. You've always like, got play, a flashing red just exactly. about to run out of ammo. It's always like Dead Space 2 or like on hard, whatever the, the mode was. I mean, you're never really above amber on your health bar. Right. You're always, I mean, a full green health bar in Dead Space 2 is like fucking, I don't know. You actually feel a lift when you have it, like a it's physical. Just like, like, oh, it just doesn't happen, basically. And that was fantastic. It's, a different, it's like panic rather than something that's like really going to yeah. get under your skin in the same way that a Silent Hill or a PT would do, I think, for me. They're still fantastic games, but I hate Dead Space 3. Dead Space 3, forget about it. Is there any other series that you think have done really well, a pair of you, in, in, in the last kind of five, ten years? Obviously, we've seen Amnesia be quite influential, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, uh, in terms of how it, you know, it kind of used psychological stuff, I suppose, and you know, you couldn't beat monsters, and mm-hmm. that was kind of repackaged, for a better word, in Alien Isolation, wasn't it? The other year, where like yeah. you, know, you cannot beat this beast. I mean, are they kind of the best? It's a bit like Lisa in PT. You know, you can't mm-hmm. beat Lisa. Are they kind of the best horror games? And when this this force you're up against, you you, you just have to avoid it because there's no way of conquering it. Alien, Isol- uh, uh, Alien Isolation was fantastic, anyway. I think that was a, that was a really really superb game. That really nail bitingly, pant shittingly tense at times. Again, all atmosphere as well, like and sound design as well. The art direction on it as well. I mean, it's just an absolute. Alien fans were just you know mm. jizzing themselves, and for good reason. The art direction yes, was just we totally nailed. <laughs> um, Massive chunky buttons everywhere. It was. It was just great. Ah, oh, so good. I love Alien Isolation. Uh, but Amnesia as well, like Friction on a really interesting studio. Um, Machines for Pigs. Soma as well. Soma was my yeah. favourite game of last year. I thought that was fantastic. Um, it's a game that has a a narrative that works right to the very, very end. And it's got an, an ending that really kind of stays with you. you I haven't played so it. So have you, Ian. Well, it's, it's a scary game. So. Still a coward. Still a coward. So, it's just fantastic. I never got around to it. And I really want to, though. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying really good, positive things about it um until dawn just throwing this in out there not really a horror game but but that came out last year and it kind of got a lot of attention unexpectedly maybe 
Did, did you play that at all? I, yeah, I finished Light Till Dawn. Not to not like to one hundred percent completion. Mm. So I didn't ever like save all the characters, which I'm quite glad because a few of them. But are. that's the point, isn't it? So yeah. Until Dawn, if anyone doesn't know, is kind of like a video like an interactive slasher movie right mm-hmm. effectively like in the kind of nudge wink scream vein and then it goes off the boil and actually throws monsters into the equation it was again that i wasn't expecting to enjoy and when they when they actually did the monster thing mm. i thought that that would like mess the game up because i sort of wanted it to be the guy who was like going around killing people and stuff but that's that's i was it was a great i mean yeah i loved until dawn um the characters were great, very well written. Um, characters that you hate, characters that you like, characters that you care about saving. If you, but if then you, you didn't. To, I love the way there was didn't. like some that you just thought like she's a total bitch, and then later on like, oh no, she's just being resourceful. Who were like the smart. main dickheads in Until Dawn? Well, there was Emily at the start, right? Is it Emily, Emily. Yeah, yeah. She orders her boyfriend to get. Yeah, yeah, Matt, I think his name. It's like is. playing with the notions of standard video games where they treat you like an idiot and everything's very shallow. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, surprising I, you in that way. It was interesting. I just thought I don't know if any of you watched a program, <laughs> derailing conversation slightly. A program called Stag recently that's been on the BBC, and I was watching all that. I think it's a great setup for like Until Dawn too. It's about like a stag party goes to the Scottish Highlands and they're picked off one by one. And, that's the big, it's very, very good anyway. It's not a game, obviously, but it's, it's well worth watching on, on the iPlayer if you can find it. But I loved that kind of... The thing I loved about Until Dawn was the way that you felt like the puppet master a little bit in a horror game, whereas in most horror games, you're, you feel like the one who's being controlled, maybe, mm-hmm. by what's going on. I love the, um, the uh, interview with like, the psychologist. and I thought there was a really clever moment where you sort of... You reveal to him your fears, and then they start to like appear in the game. Mm. Is that, that is yeah, the bat. Yeah. So, like, I hate clowns, for example. Like, clowns are my my worst thing ever. Um, like the idea of like being stalked by a clown in a in a moonlit car park, like, is something that's still unlikely to ever happen. But probably won't ever happen. But I, I've dreams, dreams, can dreams come about dreams it. can come true. And then clowns like start appearing in the game, and like, um, if you don't like needles, the, the guy's got a needle. Mm. Like, I don't even know if that's something they did deliberately, but I'm pretty sure it was. I think it's a much... It's, it was a weird one, I think, for because obviously it's a PS4 exclusive. I think it was hard for Sony to know what to do with, and ultimately it kind of did the job for them. But, I mean, I was I was seeing it on sale for, like, 60 quid. I was like, nah, it needs to be, like, £30, take a punt on it. And, and aren't they doing a VR until... There, there is a game in the Wales. universe. It's quite yeah. literally a roller coaster ride or a fairground ride. Yeah. Things jumping out at you and stuff. I haven't played it, but I've watched someone playing it and they mm. screamed a bit. They jumped. Right. Well, there we go. It leads us nicely onto the cheapness of jump scares, I suppose, in horror games. Um, and the role of YouTube in that. Mm. And what Let's things close. like Five Nights at Freddy's and your Slendermans and what have they done to the horror genre? Is it is it for better or is you know so many Five Nights? Is that that's a bad thing, right? There's only so many times like a demonic animatronic bear can leap at you before you just go like now, nah, this is boring now. Definitely. Five 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 Nights at Freddy's games is, is way too Is that how many there are now? I think there's five and a film coming out. And it's he just did like, a, what the fuck? an RPG as well. He did the RPG and then then, pulled it because yeah, it didn't it, work. It was that bad. That the but that wasn't it. a horror or anything. It's just for the Let's Players crew, isn't it? It's just for mm-hmm. the people who want to shriek around and be stupid. And, but has that spoiled, you know, like, we talk about like what Resi could do, but like, you know, Capcom will, they know that, that kind of deep, dread filled atmospheric game wouldn't work with that market would they and like online streamers are now such a big deal it's quite for a, horror games it's quite a dangerous 
the theme for horror games, I think the success of stuff like Five Nights and Freddy's, I'm constantly seeing, I mean, VR, PlayStation VR just got announced last night. I mean, I'm seeing lots of sort of gimmicky little VR games that are sort of like, you're in a lift and then something will jump out and mm. boo, and it's like, boo scares, we're in, we're in a bit of a danger. I mean, there's some great horror games coming up in the future, don't get me wrong, but I think we're, we're in danger of maybe going for these like cheap jump scares just to appease the moronic let's play as moronic let's play as <laughs> some of whom I'm sure are lovely but you're right like you know they're these games there are, are moronic ones. yeah to, that's what I meant exactly for that Not for people players. in the corner of a screen to shriek um, giving them a cue to be loud yeah. and now be loud which is why actually when thinking about Capcom last year I played quote unquote Kitchen which is their VR thing Did anyone else ever go on that I read your thing about this yeah I didn't want to read too much because I was and like it, I don't want to well it, I didn't spoil anything to... really in it because you kind of not meant to but they didn't like there's no footage of that up you can't like, they, they were very you? like they were very kind of private about it and you could go and it's terrifying isn't it, it? yeah <laughs> like, what happens and, it, and it's just you're just in a chair and stuff happens I guess I can talk about it a lot a bit a lot I don't know so you, like you're in a room and you're obviously strapped to a chair, and there's a guy. We were like dead, restrained, but chair. yeah, you're restrained. You can look down and see your legs and everything, but the, the, the guy's not dead. But there's also something else in that room with you, and that's something else. Like you know, you can hear it behind you, like <laughs> and your hairs on your neck go up, and it kind of reaches around you, kind of almost like crawls around you a little bit. And there's a moment in it. I think I can get away with saying this. Apologies to Capcom if not, but. You get stabbed in the leg, and the the thing that does for you when you're in VR, you can't move, you can't avoid it. You know it's coming. You just feel it in your real leg. You know it's just like it's so bizarre. You kind of totally twitch, and that kind of horror that that was really, so suffocating. Mm. And so it goes against the jump scares completely. It just builds up and builds up and builds up. And the reason you see people um, on the internet who you know, they'll show there's films on the internet of people playing that, but like you don't see the actual screen. You just see their reactions and where they're tearing their headsets off because it's fuck. It's so in your face. That sounds amazing. And, you know, it, it's it's not as swift as the Lisa and PT moment. And mm-hmm. I think that makes it worse because you just know you this thing is coming and you can't move. And it's 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 horrific. Um, is there, um, is there, and that, that for me last year was the single most unsettling thing I put in front of my eyeballs. And I don't make a habit of playing loads of horror games, but I have been trying in the last few weeks. So I played Layers of Fear. You mentioned that earlier on. Have you had a go at that? Yeah, I've, I played Layers of Fear. Wasn't that keen, to be it, honest? It, it has <clears> some <throat> good ideas that aren't quite fully realised in so much with the whole... Again, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? With the rooms mm. changing around you and it's got the whole you probably murdered your wife thing going on. It's, like, oh, that it's been done. It's been done. It's been done and, and what kind of annoyed me about it was, was there was obvious potential there and it just fell into the the cheap stupid cliched things mm. like you're in a child's room and it's all going weird and spinning around and now it's all creepy and is there an unplugged telephone that starts ringing um Whoa. there is a telephone puzzle in it yeah i want to say i think that's layers of fear i definitely played a game the other day when i was in a corridor and like you hear a message and the message's backwards then you walk the other way around it then it starts going the right way and there's a phone at the end of it you remember this this is, is layers, layers of, of fear, fear? Yeah. yeah it might be yeah, so it's got some interest, you know, there's some stuff in it, but... I think it just, it started off well and meant well and meant to be scary and all the rest of it, but I just think it, it fell pretty quickly into just familiar territory. Mm. 
you can't really i don't know how much it was influenced by pt but for me coming after a game like pt is just a no go i think think it definitely was i mean there's even a bit where you're grabbed you know you're effectively well i found one anyway i fucked up it's just something gets you yeah there wasn't the same viciousness they try to make it sort of weird and stuff in the same way that they that they the pt the the same things that pt did so well you can you can sort of see in layers Mm. of fear but it still had that sort of familiarity to mm. it that took you away from the, the real yeah the real i mean your your thing yeah. about the whole feverishness of pt i, I totally get that with the colors as well and yeah. the, the way you almost feel it pulse in your head i didn't get that in layers as well mm. i just kind of felt a constant sense of gentle unease if that's right like i know there's going to be something along here yeah but i'm not really bothered by it yeah of was a bit tame. Anyway, has there only been anything else like this year so far that kind of falls in the category of horror that you've really enjoyed because we ran a piece not so long ago on Vice about how Firewatch has evidence of horror to it and certainly suspense and of course you know the internet commented it's not a horror game like well we're not saying it's I a horror game I didn't being sold under that genre yeah it's, it's not a horror game but it has you both played Firewatch mm-hmm. I've not played, not played so, it, so it builds the suspense in quite a similar way where you think your mind starts racing ahead of where the plot is Firewatch was a totally different game than I thought it would be. Mm. I thought it was going to be a sort of tear-jerky... I kind of miss these things as well. Um, kind of like relationshipy Joel and Ellie style. You know, it's about communicating with someone you can't see them on a walkie-talkie in this, in this lush kind of um, rural environment. But um, I totally agree that, that, that Firewatch is, is a different beast. It's like... Um, it's really strange that that feeling of being hunted and like stalked mm. through these massive open like expanses of yeah. nothingness. They they really nailed that. But the midsection of that game is 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 so tense, so immersive, and mm. totally nail biting. There's like someone out there, you know. You can occasionally like you catch glimpses of of guys on hills and yeah. like leaving things around for you. So like for you to discover similar to kind of like the Blair Witch Project yeah when they're going around and they're sort of finding these sort of horrendous clues that are picked by this demonic force or lunatic is left for them I mean Firewatch really nailed that I love Firewatch actually I thought it was yeah fantastic. It, it surprised me as well with how it went down that that line of um, suspense and like you know when you feel your shoulders tense yeah. and you're like yeah I know you want me to go through that gate but at the same time I kind of don't want to go through that gate is that the basement under the like that under the cave when you go down oh well let's say the cave but again even when you get I I don't want to spoil too much but you know when when things slam shut behind you so there's a moment in the game where like someone obviously doesn't want you leaving a particular area and you're like shit like fuck there really is someone out here because you're not sure before then you're just being watched that was the creepy thing about Firewatch I really wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting it to be as tense and creepy as it was and um, maybe there is a case to say that Firewatch yeah. is a kind of horror game. It, it played, weird, trades on some same. I am um, probably not to the same degree, but I got a similar surprise from uh, The Witness. Right. Okay. So because Johnny Blow's game. Yeah, you're completely alone, isolated. There's these statues of people around and stuff. You don't know what's happened. Wandering around, and it's just mm. there's an eeriness to it. It's not very eeriness. strong, but there is a there's there's a, a hint of it about. To the point where sometimes I'm like wandering around and I'm like, I don't want to wander anymore. I just want to do some puzzles because yeah. this is a bit strange. I think that's it. It's strangeness rather than anything particularly scary. But yeah. it puts me at an ease. So it surprised me so, in that So way. maybe the kind of abundance of jump scare games has led to developers th- look, looking at ways to incorporate horror elements in non-traditional horror games. 
and maybe that's something to look forward to in the future i don't know you know i want to kind of wrap up by thinking like you know um what what the future of horror games can be you know not just like the resi series and what it's going to do going forward but you know just just what devs can do after pt this very contained amazingly intense experience we've seen devs try and rip it off like you've already said with mixed success you know is it is it too hard really to find an original horror approach maybe who knows what silent hills would have been you know i think um that is like the single biggest I can't remember the last time I was more upset at a piece of gaming news when, when I heard Silent Hills got cancelled. Because you see that Tokyo Game Show trailer they released with the little toys. Like, yeah. On the massive yeah, someone, someone picking up a head or something. Yeah. Oh, God, that game would have been so good. Fuck. But do you think that game could still happen? They're, they're you still going to work together. In a way. I'm this hoping, is Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Yeah, if I'm sitting there in my sad little laptop watching E3 in the summer of the curtains drawn, as I most often am... <laughs> Um, and they announce not it won't obviously be Silent Hills, but if, if Kojima announces a new horror game, because he's he must still be gagging to make that game. Mm. They well, must they've, still they've be. chatted together yeah. and like they've appeared on stage or something and said they like they still want to work together. together yeah. He's posted pictures of him with yeah, so they appeared at that talk, right. didn't they? And then he he's posted a picture of him with Reedus, and you know he must he must still be aching to make that game. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Oh, did you play um, Metal Gear Solid Five? Mm-hmm. Towards the end of that, there was just a random horror mission in it. Yeah, like really, really quite far into the game, you mm. you, you go into it's a very self-contained small mission, which is strange for Metal Gear Solid Five as a whole. And it's just it's a place full of dead soldiers and there's supernatural forces at work and stuff. Seems... And it's just suddenly Kojima throwing in some horror. Going, yeah. yeah. Also, I can do this, and it worked really well. You can definitely do horror. Definitely, he's he. Like, if that game comes out, that will be honestly the the, the absolute pinnacle of mm. horror gaming. What he's got in his mind for that? Oh my god! P, imagine a full game of PT. I don't think. I don't think my underpants PT. could take it in in the worst way possible. Because again, like you, Ian, I'm I'm not the most uncowardly of, of, of video gamers when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I I got freaked out by some of the sounds in Oxenfree earlier this year. And that's a game about teenagers on an island, which is kind of a scary game, but like the sound, you know, creepy as hell. And I haven't played Oxenfree. Yeah. It's good. It's kind of creepy. Uh, not as creepy as Firewatch, but but there you go. Cool. Um, I think we're done. We could mention some other shit like Zombie U, which I've been playing recently, but I don't feel there's a need to. It's quite good. Zombie U is great. I think it's quite good. And uh, yeah, that was our horror podcast. I hope you enjoyed it because um, we did fine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank <laughs> you.